Welcome to Known and Loved, where we answer the cry for every soul hungry for recognition and adoration with the heart of Jesus. Here you will be equipped to know and love Jesus so that you may live boldly and rest in confidence with the ultimate truth that you are known and loved by Him. Hello, I am Monica Gill, founder of Life with Grace Ministry, and I am excited to share this debut episode of Known and Loved, where we will focus on the question of the age, the question of identity. In our first series called Rest Assured, we're going to examine Psalm 16, a psalm that's all about Jesus. It's a prophecy of hope in the Messiah, as well as a prayer for eternal security for the soul. So we're going to look at where we find our identity, how we find a foundation, that is unshakable in this world of shifting sands. So much of the stress, anxiety, and depression that we experience today results from one thing. We have forgotten who we are and to whom we belong. This is the age of what I call identity theft, and it's not the kind of identity theft where cyber hackers are coming in to steal your life savings, but rather this kind of identity theft is where the world and the enemy of our soul is coming in to steal who we are and replace it with empty lies that leave us insecure, confused, and anxious. So how can we overcome this kind of identity theft? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus is always the answer. That's what we say in my house. So it is knowing Jesus and knowing his truth. In his truth, we can rest assured. You can rest assured that you are known and loved. So the psalm that we're going to spend some time unpacking, Psalm 16, is actually referred to as a miktum of David. Now, miktum in Hebrew means gold or golden. So biblical scholars have said that this is the equivalent of claiming that Psalm 16 is in and of itself a treasure. And I think it's really interesting to notice the value of this psalm is referenced in economic terms. It's gold. In the ancient world, if you think about it, a treasury filled with gold was the prime indicator of your identity. It defined a person's success, their status in society, their value, their security, their wealth, their prosperity. And so David calls this psalm a mitkam. He calls it gold. And the fact that he does this is a clue to us to the depth of its spiritual value. This psalm is a treasure trove of spiritual wealth for us. Psalm 16's simple but eloquent 11 verses reveal the foundation and security of the Christian faith and trust in the living God. And there is a lot in these 11 verses to consider. It is a treasure trove that can fill the empty and anxious soul with a prosperity that breeds satisfaction and security. So before we start breaking down this psalm and looking at each verse in depth, let's just read through the entire passage This is Psalm 16 from the New King James Version. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another god. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take their names upon my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. 
I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in shale, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. That passage is just so full, full of the richness and the beauty of who God is and who we are. And today we're going to stay centered on just that first verse, Psalm 16:1. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. This verse embodies the truth that we are safe with God. And I think sometimes this notion is hard for us to grasp. I first started thinking about this um, several years ago when our daughter Grace, she was about three years old and I was sitting in a coffee shop with one of my best friends and she was just, in, she was just confiding in me that her marriage was in trouble. It was a very hard day dark moment she was very crushed to her core and again grace who was three years old she was just kind of perched in my lap and I know that she didn't understand what we were talking about but I know that she could feel the weight of the moment we all could I mean our hearts were really just grappling with my friend's pain and it was just incredible because this is a moment when the Holy Spirit just pierced through And all of a sudden, Grace just suddenly piped up and she just pronounced these words, Jesus is safe. And my friend and I just looked at each other in silence and we couldn't believe what we just heard. I mean, there was no reason for her to say the words, Jesus is safe. And my friend just kind of stared off into the distance and she repeated, yes, Jesus is safe. And So I just, I thought about this statement for a long time. I asked my closest friends and my mentors, hey, what do you think about this? Like, what biblical truths come to mind when you hear this? Can you think of any Bible verses that just would support this proclamation, Jesus is safe? Because I don't think this was an accident. I don't think this came out of nowhere. And to a person, none of them could do it. They all... I don't know, they kind of seemed afraid to do it. They all came back to me with this very reverent but kind of gentle admonishment saying, oh, Jesus most certainly is not safe. And most of them actually specifically pointed to C.S. Lewis's Christ character Aslan in uh, the Narnia series, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you that little passage that they uh, were referring to. Aslan, a man? said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not, I tell you. He is the king of the woods and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is king of the beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about being safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. So the resounding conclusion from all my friends and mentors was Jesus is not safe, but he is good. And I just want you to know, I appreciate, I love the Narnia series. I love C.S. Lewis's perspective here. And I have a great regard for the use of fiction to help us point to the gospel. But (laughs) Jesus is more than Aslan. 
And fiction is not scripture. And so for five years, this moment, this proclamation, Jesus is safe, just it continued to gnaw at me and niggle at me and just bug me. And I kept just kind of chewing on it and feeling like there is more here. There is something that we are all missing. And um, I think over a lot of study, the, the Lord did reveal to me that this is a true statement and there is biblical foundation to back it up, that Jesus is safe. And we're going to dig into that. But first, let's look at the reasons why we might be a little bit reluctant to accept this proclamation that Jesus is safe. So first, let's look at what makes Jesus unsafe. And I have heard many sermons over the years that support this claim that Jesus is not safe. And to their credit, they are true. They point to very important truths. Most of them have dealt with issues of God's wrath and judgment, either at the end of this life or the end of this world. And so these sermons will point to Jesus as the coming king who's going to judge the earth. His winnowing fork will separate the wheat from the chaff and his scorching fires will cast judgment that destroys. We find that in Matthew chapter 3. So when Jesus comes to judge this world, he won't be safe. He will scorch the earth. And this is true. Uh, other sermons, they've claimed that Jesus is not safe because he has this power of sanctification over us. And that sanctification is the process of God transforming us through life's circumstances. And we're, you know, as followers of Jesus, we are never promised an easy or a safe life. On the contrary, Jesus flat out tells us himself, he says in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So there will be challenges, there will be persecutions and suffering in the life of every believer. So don't misunderstand, I don't dispute any of these arguments. They are real, they are true, and I imagine that Jesus coming in his glory to judge the earth is going to be a terrifying and awe-inspiring moment. And I know from personal experience that life in Christ is not safe. It's not a safe life. It's not free from harm. It doesn't uh, have no struggle in it. it. There are persecutions. There are trials. But in spite of all of this, I'm still going to argue that Jesus is safe and I think the first part of verse Psalm 16 gives us a good piece of evidence, a good clue to that. Um, the message version of this, I, I like to read lots of different translations of the Bible because I know um, from study that the Hebrew and the Greek words uh, in the original texts are much richer. They're much more full than English translations can often give. So if you read multiple translations, I think you can get a much broader, fuller picture of the original meaning. So um, the message translation of our verse from Psalm 16 verse 1 says, keep me safe, O God, I have run for dear life to you. So the first words in this psalm really are a cry for refuge. They're a cry to be kept safe. So exactly what kind of safe is Jesus for us? And I'm going to suggest there are three areas where Jesus is safe. He keeps us safe from destruction, first. Second, he keeps us safe in his refining fire. And then third, he keeps us safe protecting us as the good shepherd. So let's pick each one of these apart. First, Jesus keeps us safe from utter destruction. When we put our trust in Jesus, he preserves us. The psalmist says in Psalm 57, 1, Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you. 
and in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destruction passes by. Psalm 91.4 says, With his feathers he will cover you. Under his wings you will find safety. His truth is your shield and armor. So I want you to notice something. The psalmist says, My soul takes refuge in my God. Not my physical body, not my material or emotional status, but my soul takes refuge. And so I think this makes very clear that there are spiritual dangers to our souls that are far graver than the dangers to our mortal bodies or any discomfort we may have in our emotional life. Any threat of illness or pain or death or a troubled marriage or a hurt reputation, a wounded heart, while all of these are very real, they are minor in comparison to the imminent danger to my soul. And this makes me think back to the Jews in Egypt at that first Passover. They are holed up in their homes. They're under the cover of the lamb's blood over their doors. And they are safe as destruction. They are safe as the angel of death passes over them. So where can my soul find refuge? Where can my soul be safe until the wrath of destruction passes? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is always the answer. The psalmist says, in the shelter of his wings, my soul is safe. As Jesus overlooks the city of Jerusalem, he says himself, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's in Matthew 23. And here Jesus is painting himself as the place of refuge. He keeps us safe from destruction. Jesus is safe. So first, he's keeping us safe from that destruction. Second, he keeps us safe in his refining fire. So while we are saved from the fires of God's wrath and judgment, we are not spared from the refining flames. Even in this circumstance, Jesus is still safe for us. We all know the power of fire. It can be wielded for destruction or it can be wielded for purification. And so for believers, Jesus' role in our lives has a purifying or a sanctifying effect. Like the heat of fire used to cleanse metals of impurities, Jesus purifies us through the circumstances of this life and the truth of his word through our relationship with him. And there is certainly nothing comfortable about that. But purification is not utter destruction. Purification is a strategic strike. It's meant to destroy what is bad without destroying what is good, what is beautiful. We can see this in Zechariah 13, 9. The Lord says, This third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. The purpose of this fire is our purification. It's meant to refine us, to place us uh, where we have given up every false idol that we are clinging to for security. And instead, we're, we're calling to the Lord that he is God. Whether we have innocent suffering where truly we are innocent or we are suffering consequences that are self-inflicted, whether those are the source of our pain, the purifying fires of Jesus are not going to destroy us. In the, on the contrary, 
They are making me and you into golden crowns for his glory. So Jesus is safe. He keeps us safe from destruction. He keeps us safe in his refining fires. So third, Jesus is safe because he is the good shepherd. Perhaps I think the greatest illustration that shows us Jesus is safe rests in his role as the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. Jesus says in John 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. So once you are a follower of Jesus, there is nothing that can take you from him. Nothing that can separate you from the presence and safety of being in the palm of his hand. No matter what trial or suffering or evil you endure in this world, no matter what painful purification process the Lord has you going through, nothing can snatch you from his hand. Nothing can snatch you from the hand of Jesus or the eternal life that he has given to you. <laughs> Jesus is safe forever. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. There is something far more dangerous for your soul than any danger to your physical or emotional safety in this world. The judgment of the Lord will come in fury. And honestly, I don't think that the descriptions in the Bible really do it justice. Popular culture has depicted hell as this place of fire and brimstone but the reality of hell is something a lot worse than that i think i know that real hell is being forever separated from the only source of light and love and life in the universe that is separation from god himself the lord himself for all eternity and there is only one way to be safe and to be saved from the dangers of sin and death and the absolute decay of this broken world there's only one way to be safe from eternal suffering and that's jesus because of jesus we are safe safe from the judgment of god that would cast us into that outer darkness he holds us in the palm of his hand he is the good shepherd who keeps us safe and nothing can take us from him so i will close with this final illustration of how we can know jesus is safe Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. In ancient times, the safest place to be when the onslaught of battle came and swept over the land was behind the city walls and up in the fortified tower. In the onslaught of suffering in this world or in facing the dangers of God's judgment, where can we run to be safe? We're told in Psalm 18.10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The name of the Lord is Jesus. Life in this world is a battle for God's kingdom, and we all have to choose a side. And if you are not on God's side, you are not safe. There is only one person who is safe for us to hide in, Jesus. He placed himself Think about this. He placed himself in the most unsafe place in the universe at the wrath of God's punishment in utter abandonment and separation from his father. 
Jesus didn't cling to the safety of the throne. He cast himself into the outer darkness in our place. And once we accept him as Lord and Savior, we can know with assurance that we are safe. This is exactly what David means when he cries out in the first verse from our Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. No matter what we may be going through in this world, the most dangerous condition for our soul is to be without Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 17, 3, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So where do we run to be safe? Run into the fortified tower. What is the fortified tower? The name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? The name of the Lord is Jesus. Run into the name of the Lord. Run into the name of Jesus. For salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You can be known and loved by this Jesus. Because Jesus, he is safe. Ah, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your goodness, for how you keep us safe, how you are safe for us, how you keep us safe from utter destruction, how you, in your refining fires, make us into crowns of your glory, how you are the good shepherd who keeps us safe, how your name is the strong tower where we can run for safety. And so I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would run into your name to be safe and in our times of difficulty, whether we are innocently suffering or we are suffering the consequences of our own deeds and poor choices, Lord, I pray that we would turn to you and know that you cover us, that you shelter us with your wings. And in you, we find that we are loved and known and safe. Amen. Known and Loved is brought to you by Life with Grace, a ministry devoted to the truth of God's word and the tenderness of his grace. You can leave comments on today's program in the comment section, and we ask you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with someone you know and love. You can find more of our content at lifewithgrace.net. Thank you for joining us, and as you venture forth in this day, we pray that you hold fast to the truth, that your Father in heaven, the King of the universe and Savior of the world, sees you. You are known as